Filthy Henry, Case Files. The Exile, Part 1. Filthy Henry pulled his coat tighter to try and eke out some additional warmth. Winter in Dublin was Baltic. This winter especially so. It was a result of climate change, he figured. He remembered a mad old man in the 1960s who used to stalk the length of Grafton Street, trying to warn everyone the planet was heating up. Filthy Henry chuckled to himself. The man had been right, and ironically, everyone thought he was mad as a brush. That was one of the odd quirks about being almost a hundred years old. You remembered the strangest things. Given that Filthy Henry was half human, half fairy, no one knew exactly how long he would live for. It gave him plenty of time to make other arrangements. For his kind, death was far from inevitable. The fairy detective shifted his focus back to the present moment. He hadn't been sitting in this spot freezing his arse off for the good of his health. He was on a job, and that job was simple. Someone had been stealing swans from the Grand Canal, and it had the Leerlings spooked. They were paranoid it was a deliberate attempt by other magical forces to start a war with them. Filthy Henry had argued that it could also just be a bunch of idiot humans with a taste for the bird, but the Leerlings were having none of his logic. He had been hired to find the culprits and make doubly sure it was not a fairy-related issue which was how he found himself, on this cold winter's day, teeth chattering, sitting beside a statue of Patrick Kavanagh. The fairy detective's mobile phone began to ring. Filthy Henry sighed in exasperation. Ah, right when I need to be concentrating, he said, before pressing the answer button. Speak! It's Shelley, Shelley said, his partner at Celtic Investigations. I know! No one else would dare call me on a job. It was unavoidable, sorry. But I'm not really sorry, she said. We just picked up a new case. I think you'll want to jump on this one as soon as you can. Looks like it'll be open and shut. But I'm on a case right now. An important one. You expect me to double job? Maybe I need to join a union or something. Just hear me out. I got a call from the butler of Baroness Fitzroy. The Baroness has been hearing a voice at night. A voice she believes belongs to her late husband. She's worried his soul may be trapped on earth. I think the butler is a little sceptical of engaging us in the matter. But the lady insisted, Shelley finished. Hold on a second. There are three mysteries to solve here. One, no one in Ireland has a butler these days. Two, we don't have baronesses either. Shelley cut him off. I googled her. She's British. Herself and her husband moved here in the 1950s. Some family connection to Ireland. Ah, Shelley, this sounds like one of those avoid-at-all-cost situations. The mad old bint has it in her head that a lost loved one is up for the chats. I'll bet anything it's just an excuse to get me over there for tea, so she can bore the trousers off me with her life story. Be nice. Her butler said she'll pay triple her usual fee, Shelley said. Ah, you could have just said that. Text me the address, Filthy Henry replied quickly. No abbreviations. 
Baroness Fitzroy's house was more castle than mansion. It nestled into the crook of Kalini Hill. Filthy Henry had to walk up from Dawkey train station, glad for the warmth the effort generated. He studied the panel to the left side of the gate before deciding that the button with the bell on it was the most promising one to press. Yes, a tinny male telephone voice said after a few moments. It's Filthy Henry, Henry said. The fairy detective. Oh, I see. You. I'll buzz you in. Come up the driveway and around to the side to the servant's entrance, if you would. His accent was the poshest Filthy Henry had ever heard. The elongated vowels utterly ridiculous. The man sounded like he was chewing on his own disdain for the fairy detective. The servant's entrance? Uh, I don't think so. I'm more of a front door sort of guy. Oh, that would be quite impossible. Employees use the side entrance, if you please. Otherwise, I would have to announce you, and Madame would be confused. She may think you're here to be entertained. Entertained how? Henry asked dubiously. Entertained, as in here for tea or luncheon. Just do as I ask. I'll meet you there. There was an audible click as the phone was hung up on the other end. The locking mechanism on the gate snapped open, and the two sides parted with a groan. Filthy Henry shrugged. He was no one's servant, but not every battle had to be fought to the bitter end. He set off up the long driveway towards the crenellated grey building, further up the hill. A stiff, upright man in a black butler's uniform stood waiting for him around the side of the imposing building. He was tall, with unusually long, thin legs. He reminded Filthy Henry of a flamingo from the waist down. The man wore a pair of immaculate white gloves on his hands and stared down his hooked nose at the fairy detective. Mr. Henry, the man said. My name is Chiswick. Forgive me if I do not shake your hand. These gloves stain easily. Hey, call me Filthy, please. And I wasn't going to offer you my hand to shake. Now, let's get to it. What's the problem around here, Chief? As I mentioned to your colleague on the phone, the Baroness has been waking at night and screaming the house down. She claims that her late husband is haunting her, begging her to release him from his confinement, her husband who disappeared over fifty years ago. We're quite sure he's not in the house still. She's finding the experience extremely disturbing. Disappeared? Filthy Henry asked. In 1975. At the time there was a full investigation, I believe. The guardie suspected foul play at the time. There were rumours of a significant gambling debt accrued by the Baron. But that's hearsay. No one really knows what happened to him. And now the Baroness claims he's speaking to her from the beyond, begging to be released, the fairy detective said. Well, exactly. She was most insistent that we find the right sort of person to come and sort this out. But please take note. Though I obey, I do not agree with my mistress's wishes. I believe all you people to be con artists and charlatans. You won't get a penny more out of my mistress than is absolutely necessary to get rid of you. Filthy Henry couldn't resist. What do you mean by you people? he asked with a waggle of his finger. Chiswick didn't flinch. 
simply those who make their living claiming to solve problems that don't exist in the first place. I will now take you to my mistress, but remember, I will be watching you. Unable to think of a better retort, Filthy Henry simply used his two fingers to make a you're watching me while I'm watching you gesture. Lead on, Jeeves, he said. They walked through a large empty kitchen and up a short stairway to the main hallway. He saw another massive stair leading upwards before forking to two sides of a landing. Chiswick led Filthy Henry through to a huge room with high ceilings. A roaring fire burned in the hearth and shelves of books lined the walls. The fairy detective let out a low whistle. It was one of the most impressive rooms he had ever seen, and he'd seen many. In the centre, sitting patiently on a large couch, was the Baroness. Chiswick, is that you? she asked in a wavering voice. Yes, madame. I've brought the supernatural investigator. Oh, good. Come sit near me. My eyes are not what they once were. Chiswick indicated a seat opposite the couch for Filthy Henry to sit on. Once seated, the Baroness leaned forward on her cane and inspected the fairy detective. Aren't you a little young for this job? I expected someone older. Ah, looks can be deceiving, Filthy Henry replied. And I thought you would be bigger. Why would you ever think that? It could just be that the couch is making you look tiny. Chiswick had taken up a station near the fireplace. He stiffened at Filthy Henry's impertinence. Well, I am over ninety. Perhaps I've shrunk over the years, she replied with a chuckle. Filthy Henry grinned. At least the old bag had a sense of humour, he thought. So, um, Manners here tells me your dead husband is talking to you, the fairy detective said. Chiswick hissed with annoyance and gave Filthy Henry a withering look. Dead? the baroness said. My husband isn't dead. He's simply missing. But he has found a way to communicate with me from wherever he is. Um, has he not told you where he is? The fairy detective asked. He keeps repeating that he doesn't know where he is. But wherever it is, it is very cold. And the weather is terrible, she said. Well, I could be anywhere right now. Where in the house do you hear this voice? In my bedchambers, usually at night. When I try to respond, he can't hear me. It's like a one-way connection. Filthy Henry rubbed his chin. Well, I've enough to go on for now. I'll start with your bedroom, see what I can find up there. You, you don't think I'm crazy? The old lady asked, hopefully. Not at all. To be honest, your husband communicating with you from wherever he is, it's a lot more likely than a person being born with those ridiculous proportions, he said, pointing at Chiswick. Indeed. Chiswick, show the gentleman to my bedchamber, please, the Baroness instructed. Chiswick's lips were pressed so tightly together they'd become a thin white line. Without saying a word, he gestured for Filthy Henry to follow him. The fairy detective moved from the chair and stopped abruptly as he spotted a portrait on the far wall for the first time. Whatever warmth the fire had given him left his body in less than a second, and he shivered involuntarily. Who's uh, that? he asked, pointing at the portrait. Oh, that is my husband, the Baroness replied. My dear Ronald. Ronald, Filthy Henry said. 
he stomped across the room for a closer look at the portrait. A young man in a black cape stood posing confidently. Ronald. Is something wrong? Chiswick asked. Filthy Henry didn't answer the butler. Instead, he continued to study the portrait. The man was a dead ringer for one of Filthy Henry's oldest and most annoying nemeses. The fairy detective looked at the hand clasped over the top of a cane in the picture. There was a black, five-pointed star tattooed between the thumb and forefinger on the back of the hand. Filthy Henry couldn't believe it. It was him. His real name was not Ronald, though. It was Edgar. Edgar the Black Robe. Air quotes intended. Edgar the Wannabe. Edgar the Imposter. Just a delusional sod who tried to practice dark magic. Filthy Henry hadn't seen his self-serving gob in almost sixty years. You see the Baron? How did you meet? Filthy Henry asked. Oh no, my father was the last Baron. Ronald married into the family, she said. We met in London after the war. The timeline checked out. Filthy Henry had last seen Edgar towards the end of the forties. The fairy detective had been responsible for his forced emigration. Edgar had been offered a fairly generous ultimatum for his magical crimes. Leave Ireland, or be handed over to the fairy folk. He'd been one of those mortals who had stumbled upon the fairy world entirely by accident. He had then spent years trying to summon one of the higher fairies, which most people would have considered gods, in order to siphon off their power. Given that Edgar was entirely mortal, it meant he had no actual magical abilities at all resulting in his attempts at spellcasting to constantly end in failure. The reason that Filthy Henry had been asked to get involved was because the Dark Magician had come close to accidentally discovering something about the fairy world on numerous occasions. This would have resulted in an extinction-level event for all humans living in Ireland. If there was one thing the fairy folk enjoyed more than tricking humans into binding magical contracts, it was being able to hide behind the veil so that mortals could not see their world a human somehow figuring out how to expose that to the rest of humanity would have given the fairy folk all the justification they needed to have a full-on magical purge, all while abiding completely to the rules. What had made Edgar truly despicable, however, was not his skill at getting close to discovering the truth about fairies. It was how he went about performing his rituals that would bring forth a being of immense power. Leaning heavily into the dark part of Dark Magician, Edgar's crimes against the mystic arts always involved the blood and guts of people who rarely were asked to provide such things voluntarily. If how a mortal tried to practice magic turned the stomach of fairies, you knew you had a bad egg in the mix. Memories came flooding back to Filthy Henry. Back in the day, Edgar had been a nasty piece of work. It didn't surprise the fairy detective that he had tricked his way into marriage with a wealthy baroness. Chiswick coughed into his white-gloved hand. Filthy Henry snapped out of his reverie and realised he'd been staring at the portrait for a whole silent minute. He looked over at the Baroness. She seemed frail and worried. There was no way he was going to tell her the truth. At least, not yet. Let's get on with it, the fairy detective said to the butler. As Filthy Henry expected, the Baroness's bedroom was huge but surprisingly sparsely furnished. A four-poster bed was the main feature. An antique dresser and a bookshelf were the only other pieces of furniture to be seen. Upon entering the room, the fairy detective immediately heard a faint buzzing noise. 
that sounded slightly electrical. The house must be full of old wiring, he said. Actually, no. It's all been modernised. Why? Chizik asked. The buzzing sound. You can't hear it? It's quite annoying, Filthy Henry said. What buzzing sound? I can't hear anything, Chizik said. The fairy detective peered about the room. With a blink, he switched on his fairy vision, which allowed him to perceive fairy magic at work. The room was cast in a blue hue as he looked around it with his second sight. He moved further into the room, listening intently for the source of the noise. The shelves in the corner were covered in ornaments and various forms of kitsch. He scanned along the shelves before his eyes came to rest on a snow globe. Picking it up, he listened closely. Be careful with that, Chiswick cried. It's one of Madame's favourites. Filthy Henry ignored him. The sound seemed to be coming from the globe itself, but there was nothing magical about it, nothing the fairy detective could discern. And you definitely can't hear a buzzing sound, the fairy detective asked again. Pull the other one. You can drop the act with me, Chiswick said. I'm definitely not hearing things. Filthy Henry placed the snow globe back on the shelf and gave the rest of the room a cursory search. He returned to the shelf and picked up the globe once more. I believe the problem's this, he said, waving the snow globe at the butler. I'm going to need to inspect this object further. I'll be taking it with me. You will not, Chiswick said hotly. You will not remove anything of the mistress's. Well, why don't we ask her, shall we? Filthy Henry said. Before any further arguments from Chiswick, the fairy detective left the room and returned downstairs. Listen, missus, he began, marching into the main room from earlier. There isn't anything obviously amiss upstairs, but there is something not quite right about this. He produced the snow globe and gave it a shake in front of her. My snow globe? It was a present from Ronald, she said with a confused look. Do you really think it could be the problem? I'm not sure, but I need to borrow it, with your permission. I should have it back to you in a few days. Also, if you could call my office and let them know if the voice is still speaking to you over the next few days, that'd be great. Madame, I do not recommend letting this charlatan take anything away from the house, Chiswick said. He will no doubt pawn it for drinking money. Oh, fine, Filthy Henry said. Just don't blame me because the old dear continues screaming like a banshee at night. Let him take it, Chiswick, the Baroness said. I'll do anything to help my Ronald. You mean your Edgar, the fairy detective thought. But that was a conversation for another day. He pocketed the snow globe and bid the Baroness farewell. Then, before Chiswick could stop him, he strode out the front door of the house, leaving it wide open behind him. You had better bring that back, Chiswick shouted after him. Filthy Henry didn't turn around but simply offered the man his middle finger. He amused himself on the way back to the train station, imagining all the different magical ways he could curse the tool of a butler at the first opportunity. Sometime later, the fairy detective sat in his comfortable chair and turned the globe over in his hands, studying it. Each time the snowflakes within settled, he gave the globe another vigorous shake. Inside was a rudimentary castle with a crooked tower at the top. The tower window was painted yellow, giving the impression of light within. Overall, it was crude, underwhelming stuff. Cheaply made, 
only kept for sentimental reasons. For the tenth time, he flicked on his fairy vision and stared at the object. There were zero magical signs visually on it or in it. Aside from the annoying buzzing, nothing was amiss. He could not think of another explanation. It was time for next level investigation. On a good day, a revealing spell was simply his fairy vision on steroids. Some higher fairies were able to mask magic to the casual magical observer, if they were deliberately trying to hide something. Higher fairies and gods, they had enough knowledge and magical juice to make things truly disappear if they wanted to. Filthy Henry silently hoped a god was not involved in this case. He had many, very good personal reasons to want to avoid members of the Celtic pantheon. The fairy detective pushed some magic through his fingertip and murmured, Nucked. The instant his magical pulse connected with the globe, Filthy Henry froze involuntarily. The globe expanded in front of him and skewed into the distance. It was as if space was being stretched like an elastic band, a band that was quickly reaching its snapping point. Suddenly space bounced back, and the distant globe accelerated towards him. Filthy Henry screamed. Filthy Henry Case Files, The Exile, is an original story by Derek Power and Niall Milton. Music and production by Niall Milton. Part 2 of this story is available now. Just go to the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe or leave a rating or review on your platform of choice. We'd love to hear from you.